0: Hello everyone, and welcome to DataFem, where we engage you with stories of how innovators across the globe are using data to achieve new heights in their respective industries. I'm Danielle, founder of DKIO Data, And I'm here with Chelsea Douglas, who is the VP of customer success at Plotly. She's also an expert in music perception and cognition, which of course excites yours truly. I'm inviting you to join me and Chelsea and the wonderful team at Plotly in an engaging discussion about data working together and much more. So Chelsea, it's wonderful to have you on Data Why don't we start out by you telling me a little bit about yourself and your role at Plotly.
1: So I'm Chelsea Douglas. I've been at Plotly for about eight years now. And yeah, I came in with a uh, master's degree in music cognition. So I was Uh, studying cognitive development and music cognition specifically and data visualization was always uh, pretty much my favorite part of research and I was really passionate about making the visualizations as clear and representative of the data as possible. So in grad school I was doing quite a bit of data analysis uh, with different tools and for one paper I ended up using uh, MATLAB R and Python. And I remember spending so much time trying to style the different graphs and meet the publication standards. Um, and then shortly after I found Plotly's graphing libraries and my initial thought was just, oh, I could have saved so much time <laughs> if I had been using this from the start. Uh, so I got pretty interested in the company and uh, I shortly after started uh, working at Plotly writing documentation and working on our Python API. So we were pretty small at the time and I ended up getting the chance to uh, do many different tasks and roles and I started working with customers um, first from mostly a pre-sales role before transitioning into a more formal customer success role Uh, and that's where i got to build up the team and now i'm uh, the vp of customer success at plotly did we talk about the music connection i don't think it's come up oh my god <laughs> yeah. okay
0: so that is so cool i went to juilliard i'm a composer and um a cellist and a pianist and i sing but I have not done like music cognition studies. I'm curious if you yourself play an instrument and if that is what inspired you to get involved in this area of study.
1: I do uh, play guitar and my undergrad was actually in classical guitar performance. So I was very interested. Originally, I wanted to do music therapy. So I was doing classical guitar performance and a dual study in cognitive development. uh, And I wanted to do music therapy, but then I had pretty bad performance anxiety, I would say. So I decided to take a little break from pursuing music therapy. And um, I wanted to study a little bit more about kind of the science behind music therapy, you could say. So I thought to me that was music cognition. So I uh, started doing research specifically in music cognition and how um, I was studying uh, emotional perception in different instrumental timbres. You use timbres and you're speaking my love language. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're totally geeking out over timbres right now. Um, that's that's really cool to hear. And, you know, my datafem audience really cares about, you know, knowing the career stories and you know, passions of the people on this podcast, because a lot of them, you know, either could know you also higher up in the industry, or, you know, they're looking to be you, you know, so that's really cool. Did you ever think about going, or maybe you're still thinking about it, like, going the academic route with, um, you know, your research on timbres and their different emotions?
1: Yes, definitely. So that was, that was almost, the plan. And it's so, it's really a funny story because I wanted to take a break um, after my master's before, before potentially pursuing a PhD. I thought, oh, I should get some industry experience. I was learning more about software and thinking if, software was going to be a next step in music therapy or something like that. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll get a little software experience. And I also just wanted to see if I had the, the ability to, quote unquote, work a job because I had gone straight into my grad studies after my undergrad and, um, I was a very diligent student, but, you know, you're making your own schedule. I I just wanted to see like, ah, can I get up in the morning and go to an office? And then I started working at a very small startup (laughs) at the time. And it was way more similar to grad school than I thought it would be. Um, So I didn't get that, you know, nine to five office experience. But that's that's probably for the best. I don't think that would be my cup of tea. Um, so I just found, uh, that I was really passionate about the role here. And so I got relatively sidetracked from the academia route, but, uh, it definitely worked out for, for the best.
0: I only recently became familiar with what the term customer success means. And I have a feeling that some of my listeners might really benefit from hearing your uh, definition of what you um think customer success is
1: so i would say at the most basic level it's just trying to make our customers as successful as possible so this would typically translate into uh helping the customers define and then achieve their goals specifically with our product So our customer success team at Plotly may be a bit unique because we take a very technical approach and we put the majority of our resources into technical support and technical training. So each member on our customer success team is a technical personnel. You could imagine uh, this made our interviewing process a little hard at the beginning uh, because When we are interviewing for the team, we are looking for those uh, quote-unquote soft skills or communication skills, as well as um, all of the technical skills. Um, So it's a really important combination that we've been able to achieve in everybody on our team right now. And that's definitely something that I'm very proud of. As you should be.
0: And you just got an award for being such a... Wonderful customer success team, the Stevie Awards.
1: Yeah, we were really, really excited about that. And I think it just uh, more than anything goes to show how hard the how hard the team is working. And I think it's been really motivating for them to see their work recognized. And everybody is working so hard day in and day out. And I'm so impressed with how this team collaborates and how supportive of each other they are, especially in our remote environment. So uh, I think um, it's really nice to have this and it will be reflected in the motivation and, and confidence of the team moving forward.
0: I'm curious what role data science plays in your day-to-day work, but also since you mentioned so much about your team, also kind of like how they're using data to apply the technical skills you said that they all have and
1: are building. Myself as well as everyone on the team is pretty passionate about uh, data science and data visualizations. A lot of the team members were even using Plotly and Dash before working. Uh, on our team. So we can use data science and uh, DASH to manage different parts of our workflow. Part of our job is switching priorities and uh, dealing with a large intake of questions day to day. So we can basically use our software to uh, track these different questions and then uh, determine priorities based on different data points uh, of the customers that are That are uh, communicating with us
0: do you feel like customers are in in general feeling good about giving you their data i'm talking about the trade-off kind of between obsession with security but also you know the push for more open data and data collection
1: we don't ever require customers to Uh, give us data and sometimes this can make our job a little bit more difficult, I would say. So uh, we have an enterprise tool So our software is installed on our customer's infrastructure. And so from a support and training standpoint, uh, we're often using uh, sample data sets. Of course, uh, when customers have specific questions, sometimes the data structure does come into play. Um, So every now and then, uh, we might share code snippets or uh, different amounts of code with customers. But typically with data um, security, we can pretty much always work off of a uh, dummy data set uh, in order to solve the specific issues. Do you feel like it's the artist in you that
0: loves Plotly's visualizations or really data visualizations in general?
1: Oh, yes. Yes. It's almost at this point, since I am looking at Plotly data visualizations uh, for most of the day, sometimes I start to take some of the artistic or uh, beautiful elements of it for for granted. And then I'll see maybe other visualizations and I'll just appreciate so much some of the features and functionality that was built in to make it more visually pleasing. So I definitely think that's a really large part of this. And I have a funny story about how customers appreciate this as well, because um, you could argue that the colors aren't necessarily the most important part of your data visualization. But we had one client who um, insisted his boss won't look at the visualizations unless they're built in the company colors. So he was so appreciative to just have the ability to easily restyle uh, his data visualizations and make them on brand super easily. And I thought that was kind of funny. And I, I was happy that the the tool was working uh, for him, and then I received an email uh, from his boss um, a bit uh, a bit later, and she was so excited about the data visualizations. And it was so much easier to just read and perceive the information that was being shared because everything was on brand, like the um, different elements that I'm sure she's reading and looking at every day. So it was it was really funny to see that. Not just from a visualization perspective, it's really important, but from a decision-making perspective, um, these little elements can can add up and, and make a big difference.
0: Data visualization definitely became another contender for my love, right, in terms of the data science disciplines, because you just get that Um instant gratification of producing something that you can see I came in as a total geek for just the calculations you know (laughs) like coming from stats but that doesn't change even if I'm happy sitting you know with a glass of wine and some scenic setting like processing formulas for 14 hours at a time I am happy with that like it's still not possible to really feel like you've learned anything until you get that gratification. So I always tell people to start with visualization, no matter how you get interested in data science because of that quick kind of rush, endorphin rush that you've done something right. But yeah, I mean, going back to the art thing, I see data visualizations that I think are Purely art, and Plotly has always been the leader in cultivating that beauty and making it important.
1: Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more on the importance of it being uh, visually pleasing. Um, it does make the learning a lot easier. Having having that instant gratification, it makes a huge difference, um, especially when we're uh, onboarding new users into the tool. Um, it's just really nice to see that excitement growing as kind of what they imagined is coming coming into place. What do you think
0: the customers love most about data visualization if they weren't sold already?
1: That's a good question. I think being able to tell a cohesive story with their data is really important so uh kind of coming back to that instant gratification i think having the visualizations just allows them to get their job done a little easier and helps improve communications across the company so it's uh sometimes a lot easier to share a visualization than to write paragraphs kind of backing up your uh your point So before we delve deeper into Dash,
0: which I definitely want to do, I have one more question in general about the customers.
1: Why you think the adoption process is so easy for your customers? At the beginning of this year, we started building a new sector of our customer success team. Um, That's specifically an onboarding team. So we're very focused on trying to make this onboarding process as smooth as possible. And we typically approach this um, in a few different ways. So we want the onboarding process to be goal oriented so that the customer does feel that gratification at the end of their onboarding process and they have their goal, uh, their main goal uh, defined and accomplished. And then also from the technical training perspective, I was studying cognitive development and I've always been really interested in learning. And it was really interesting to me when I started working with customers and onboarding them, just how different people learn and if it's easier to learn uh, by examples or by reading documentation or listening to videos or different things like that. Uh, So we do create material that's um, accessible from a lot of different uh, learning points of view. Um, And yeah, I hope that's something that we'll be able to continue to expand uh, throughout this year. And I'm really excited that we have a dedicated team to do so. Oh, you are eating this all up.
0: It's like, you know, a cognitive study. Yeah,
1: each onboarding right now is a little experiment in its own in its own right. So yeah, we can we can see what's going really well, um, what some key factors are uh that would uh clue us into changing the process or something like that. So yeah, it's been it's been fun to treat uh treat this new team and building out this new team like a little experiment, I do have to say.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, you think about it like six years as a PhD, you've been at this for eight years. Like you are (laughs) exceeding the expectations of even academia. I also am wondering how dirty into the data do you get?
1: I like to take almost a data approach in managing the team not on a not on a personal level but just on a process level so I'm pretty into our, our team statistics and data for improving um management but that's more more on management like our team is uh spread around the world <laughs> so we have three different uh sections of the team and We have uh, people in the UK, we have people in Spain, uh, the Philippines were really, really spread out. um, And how we determined how to spread out um, was based on the data we were getting from customers. So timestamps of when people were writing into us and when they um, needed support and training. Um, so we were able to build out the team in a way that uh, we could place people in uh, yeah, the most convenient spots, basically. So in that sense, I'm very into the data as a form of management. So we can basically be as efficient as possible with with the resources that we have. But then a big element is doing the uh, day-to-day management with the different members of the team. And this is really important to me as we are a remote first company. And like I just mentioned, we're spread all around the world. I think it's really important that our team has super clear communication and we have enough time to Check in as a team, check in one-on-one, and uh, just make sure everybody's solving the problems to their best of their abilities. I know with technical challenges, a lot of the customer questions that we get are very... um, advanced problems that they could have a whole team on the customer side trying to solve these problems so i think it's really important for us to have clear communication between each other and have the support to to team up to approach some of these issues because i do really believe that uh, it's easier to solve problems when you're working together than uh, just trying to address it all on your own
0: i really like what you said about you know you apply your data to your own team. And clearly that matters a lot to you. Let's go into Dash. Um, I actually had an episode previously with Plotly about Dash in season one, but I'd love you to kind of give an overview of what it is and its capabilities and then answer how involved you are with dash you know using dash day to day
1: plotly is our company name and our graphing libraries are called the plotly graphing libraries and so Plotly was founded in 2013. And then in 2017, we started building Dash. And so the idea behind Dash was that we were creating graphing libraries in common data science languages. So you mentioned that we wanted to create really beautiful visualizations. That was always one of the goals. So with these graphing libraries, they were wrappers that were written in common data science languages like Python and MATLAB and R that were able to leverage uh, JavaScript to create really advanced, beautiful visualizations, but all in a language that our data scientist uh, user was comfortable using. And so uh, a bit later, the idea with Dash came around was we wanted to go beyond just creating visualizations and allow the data scientist to be able to create a full deployable data web application all in Python. So not needing full stack development skills, just uh, just working in Python. Dash is a Python framework for uh, building a, a web application. And then we have Dash Enterprise, which is our product um, that typically um, does include uh, Dash itself. And uh, my team is supporting Dash Enterprise. So this is a full enterprise solution for deploying your Dash applications. So basically the customer will get a uh, installation of Dash Enterprise, then they can visit a website and they'll be able to set up authentication for themselves and their customers, et cetera, and uh, be able to visit and interact with these uh, data applications that are deployed uh, on the infrastructure.
0: I'll admit, I haven't used Dash too much myself yet, but I definitely want to um, because Emmanuel Guyar, who was working at Plotly mm-hmm. uh, back in, I guess, 2019 or yeah. 2020, um, she was doing image processing with Dash and explaining that to me. And my grandmother, who had just passed, was also known for image processing and so it was a really really meaningful thing um to know about dash and i i hope to kind of go in and do some of those types of capabilities to feel like i'm living on her legacy you know
1: definitely yes yeah, it's, it's really nice just to be able to provide this framework that does support closing the gap between the process of doing your data analysis in Python, um, as advanced as it may be, and then uh, creating the um, visualization or even one step further full application that, that your users can uh, interact with and really explore the, the data and visualizations. So you're being very humble, but I hear that you were
0: very involved with the actual product development and engineering of Dash in the early days. And so, you know, now you might be in a slightly different role, but you clearly have product and engineering background that you've contributed as well.
1: One of the best things about working at a startup was being able to wear a lot of different hats and uh, work on a lot of different elements. And I definitely am very happy to have a technical uh, background. I couldn't imagine uh, approaching this role um, without a, a complete technical understanding of our product.
0: Where did you get the engineering background? Tell me about this triple, quadruple, quintuple uh, threat situation we got going on here.
1: Yeah, I think um, this is such, it's such a random origin story, I would say. But during the cognitive development uh, degree I did in my undergrad, I had the opportunity to take a class that was uh, specifically programming for uh Programming for psychology majors. And it was a very small seminar. And at the end, um, I went to Emory University uh, in Atlanta, and there's a very uh, prestigious um, Primate Research Institute there. And so at the end of this course, we got to develop a uh, interfaced program that we were able to uh, use one of the Rhesus Monkey Labs there to run. Basically, that class really taught me the importance of providing a, a really easy to use user interface. That's kind of where my passion for software development and design started. And so when I started working at Plotly and we started developing different interfaces and things like that. Um, I think a lot of things that I had learned in that class just came uh, came in pretty handy because I had had to develop software for Rhesus monkeys. Developing software for people was pretty easy <laughs> at that point, so uh, yeah, that was a really random start to where the UX UI development came in. Um, a lot of the technical development I, I learned on the fly. Um, my learning style is definitely by having an end goal in mind and then just moving towards that goal. So I didn't, yeah, I don't really love reading programming books and uh, working through examples can be useful, um, but overall I like having uh, having a goal and, and then uh, working to accomplish that. Um, we also have such a supportive team, so uh, the, it was really easy to learn uh, on the job, and uh, I learned a lot from, from my coworkers, especially at that
0: early stage. I'm laughing a little bit because when I was at Northwestern University for undergrad, my boyfriend there at the time was working with rhesus monkeys. Yeah. I had to give a little credence to that that that's um very interesting.
1: It's very interesting. It's very random and yeah, it it wasn't even the initial thing I I thought about when when I was thinking about user experiences, but then yeah, one day I was just thinking like of course the button would go here and then trying to think back of why I knew that. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, when we were writing those programs for the rhesus monkeys, it was important to. <laughs> yeah,
0: isn't that crazy that knowledge kind of stays with you, even if you don't know that that osmosis process is happening? Oh, my that, gosh,
1: it's so wild. I <laughs> love our
0: brains for that. <laughs> what you were saying about with color earlier, that color isn't something that normally you would think about, I guess, in presentations as being like affecting the outcome. Exactly. But it totally does, like it sets moods. Because I, I write white papers on companies' behalf sometimes. And I'm always like paying attention to the freaking color scheme on Canva. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what number is it? And you know, the the way that you feel about kind of the vibe that this color is creating is actually very significant.
1: The underlying elements that help you perceive a visualization, I think, are just uh, just insane. And unfortunately, I don't think we've been able to do enough research uh, on our team uh, into that. But it definitely comes into play uh, just in the in the material we designed for our um, for our onboarding process, Um, just having things really. Uh, color coordinated and spaced appropriately, it can, it can make a really big difference in trying to get the point across. You
0: mentioned that you go to conferences and that kind of enhances your learning and understanding. How do you feel about conferences going live again or hybrid and you know, what are Plotly's
1: plans I'm super excited that we are going back to in-person events again I think a lot of the presentations that we've been able to do at conferences have been um, a great uh a great tool it's it's always nice uh, for me to meet our customers in person um I think it definitely, Add the level to the uh, email and video communication uh, that we do day to day. So it definitely is an amazing relationship building tool when you when you have that option to meet somebody in person um, and then continue communicating with them. I agree.
0: Like, I mean, before I was actually at our studio conference, now, pause it in September, but (laughs) I was at our studio conference in 2020 when I found out about COVID. I was in, oh my gosh, it was January 2020. And like, it was crazy because like the next day people were like being way less handshaky. but like it's like we didn't really know it was it was it was very and it was an insane time as you remember like oh was, my god for everybody but you know now i'm just getting back into conferences and you know it does really make a difference seeing people in person like yeah. in a professional sense i feel like You know, it's definitely important, but I feel like because COVID deprived us of that resource, now people even value it further and are willing Mm -hmm. to be a little more, I guess, I wouldn't say friendly, but uh, more, I guess, work plus personal balance, Mm -hmm. you know. And I've always lived at that intersection and I've always balanced that intersection. And it's nice to see, you know, me not being totally taboo talking about personal
1: stuff. And just figuring out, like, the types of jokes people are making and, like, yeah, what kind of communicators <laughs> they are. Like, it's it, it does make a huge difference. And speaking of huge
0: differences, I know that my Data Femme audience really eats up advice given by people like you who are successful women in tech. So if you have a few pointers for budding data scientists, we would love to hear it.
1: I can't encourage people enough to just start coding. I mean, no matter what type of data science you want to do, um, having a little background in encoding, uh, in I think, is uh, is of utmost importance. And yeah, I think... Um, Definitely I have seen the industry changing quite a bit and it is becoming way more diverse. And I hope that that just empowers people to get started. And I really think anybody can pick up um, programming. Um, so yeah, I'd motivate anybody who's interested to, uh, to give it a try.
0: Well, thank you so much, Chelsea, for sharing your expertise and your stories with us on DataFem. I'm really looking forward to seeing where you go, not just with your work at Plotly, but how you continue to pursue a career in music cognition, because that seems to really be your element as well. For my listeners, we have some exciting content coming up with Plotly, some written content about how Python can help automate Excel spreadsheets to save us both time and effort in our future endeavors. That will be included in an upcoming newsletter as soon as it goes live. If you want to learn more about dash as I'm sure you do, you can go to the Plotly website, that's plotly.com, specifically plotly.com/dash and start your journey. Thank you as always for listening to DataFem. Yeah.